Happy birthday, Daddy Mac. Well, that one's wrapped up so nice, it must be from Frank. Electric shoe polisher. Next. I never knew why Daddy Mac was so mean to Uncle Frank. He was the kind of person I wanted to be. Smart and funny and considerate. You're going to be the person you decide to be. You're going to be the person everyone else tells you are. You get to choose. Can I come visit you sometime? Hi, I'm Frank Smith. Oh my god, Beth, nice meeting you. Frank, don't tell me you were coming. That's because he doesn't know. He doesn't know? Oh, well, okay, this is going to be very exciting. How do you know Uncle Frank? He's my roommate. Wally and I lived together we have for 10 years. Never known anybody who was gay before. Of course you have. Choir director of church. Mr. Jiggerson? But he's so... What? Religious. Ah! Hey, Mom. Oh. Heart attack. Just out of nowhere getting into the car. <laughs> you need me for this. You know you do. No, Wally, you're not coming. We can take turns driving. Are you the stupidest man alive? Obviously. Look who I'm with. Do you always know you were gay? I always knew I was different. What's wrong? Wally? Oh, hey! You forgot your razor. You rented a car? Isn't it snazzy? Oh, Mom. Beth, I'd appreciate it if you didn't tell anyone in the family about me. You want to stay by yourself in a motel? Uncle Frank is staying there, too. So is Wally. Who's Wally? What is the relationship between the two of you and the young lady over there? Oh, she's my niece. I'm his nephew. That doesn't sound right. That sounds wronger and wrong. You're not going to run away from this your whole life. Frank! You need to be part of your family. I don't want to be a part of my family. But I But when he told me I should be what I want to be, that was just bullshit. You know, that conversation changed my life. Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Fun Podcast, the review edition. And this is your colorful perspective into Uncle Frank. Your favorite minorities are back, and the report is in. My name is Shama. Here with me, as usual, the Raul Nevedo. <laughs> What's up? And our beloved Dre. What's up, guys? We are ready to talk about the new Amazon original film, Uncle Frank. But before we dive deeply into talking about this new movie, make sure to give the show a follow at mreportfilm on Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to the website for any and all new content at mreportpod.com. Today on the report, the non-spoiler review of the Amazon Studios' Uncle Frank. In 1973, teenaged Beth Bledsoe leaves her rural southern hometown to study at New York University, where her beloved Uncle Frank is a revered literature professor. She soon discovers that Frank is gay and living with his longtime partner, Wally, an arrangement that he has kept secret for years. After the sudden death of Frank's father, who's Beth's grandfather, Frank is forced to reluctantly return home for the funeral with Beth in tow, and to finally face a long-buried trauma that he has spent his entire adult life 
running away from. It is written and directed by Alan Ball, and it is starring Paul Bettany, Peter McDesey, Sophia Lillis, Margot Martindale, Steve Zahn, and Judy Greer, who Man, is awesome. I'm so glad that I didn't read the synopsis before watching the film, and I'm also glad that I didn't see the trailer, because I was enjoying yeah. every second without knowing anything. Yeah, I walked in without knowing anything, which was fantastic. Um, I want to start by saying that this film is far from perfect. Alan Ball said in an interview that the shooting script did not change much from the first draft. And in my opinion, it needed another pass or two. That being said, this film is still currently on my list of favorite films of 2020. Oh, me too. It's one of my favorite movies this year as well. Maybe because of its uh, simplicity and attribute to love and confrontation. Maybe maybe the road trip, the road trip film style that I always love and get engaged with. It might seem as a, as a melodrama, like especially after watching the trailer, after seeing the, the movie, but it's not. It's a journey of a man that wanted to explore more of his life by escaping a trauma that happened to his younger self. Yeah, I'm with uh, Raul. I, I, I think I just went into it a bit more relaxed, so I wasn't really aware of the flaws. I think the only flaw that kind of stuck out to me was pacing. But other than that, um, I really, really liked it. I wouldn't say I liked it. I loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a lovable film. Like, really, I, I loved it. Like, and Maybe that's why it's on the, the top list of, for us for this year, you know. Yeah, lo- lovable is a great word for it, uh, for sure. Shama, um, overall, so for me, as I've already alluded to, the screenplay is the weakest part of the film. What did you think of the screenplay? The screenplay for me, like starting by the introduction for each character, it was really well written. Like it made us familiar with every one of them in a short time. And it allowed us as audience to start building possibilities and have our questions earlier in the film, like why, what will happen. We, I've been asking this questions, these questions to myself earlier in the movie. The dialogue was stronger and you can feel the effort being done in Frank's and Wally's lines more than any other character in the film. Like the other characters, their, their lines were, were good, but like they are not on the same level like Frank's, uh, Frank and Wally and maybe then Beth, Beth's character. But as you said, like it had lots of, of flaws in, in, in screenplay here. Also, we know that like Alan wrote this movie 10 years ago. And as you said, it didn't, it was mm-hmm. the original draft. So I think he had a chance to, to get more, but um, it didn't. Yeah, overall, I think I, I do think Alan Ball did a solid job here. I mean, like we said, it's it, it's amongst our favorites of the year. Um, but I, I definitely think that the film is much, much stronger in the first half. Um, we So like the first half, it is so lovable, right? So like we get we get such insight into the Bledsoe's right away. Um, you know, we see them, you know, giving Frank's dad, uh, who, who's the patriarch of the family, they're giving him gifts for his birthday. Um, and we immediately get, you know, insight into the most important relationship of the film, right? Which is that of Frank and his father that they all call Daddy Mac. Um, you know, we then get to experience most of the film through 
uh, Beth, who's Frank's niece, um, played by Sophia Lillis. We get to see it through her eyes. And through her eyes, we get to see, you know, what an incredible person Frank is in that first half of the film, which is so important, right? Um, I love this film primarily because because of the first half. Um, everything, everything before we return to the Carolinas, you know, y- you can tell Alan put great care into this. I've written feature-length scripts before, and and being a perfectionist, I always find the first 30 to 50 pages of my script are awesome, right? Then I realize I've been taking way too long writing it, and then I rush the second half of my script, and the second half of the script is always much, much, much weaker, and this is that's how I feel here. Um, but that, that first half, like, the characters are so likable. You know, you get to see... Uh, Beth, you get to meet Frank, you get to experience some of the lows, um, you get to know the family, the troubles in the family, and we get to see, like, Frank is just such a lovable character, and getting to see it through through Beth's eyes, who only sees him as, as a, 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 you know, the, a, the most influential figure in her life, um, especially male figure in her life um, it, it is so good it's so good for the for the for the story it's so good for the film um, and it is so good overall for like making us just fall in love right away with the titular character of the film dre mm-hmm. there's I feel like there's always something about um, male figures in your life I feel like it's a theme in your life mm-hmm. and in films, I feel like it's something that stands out. Is it something that stood out in this film about the representation of men in this film? We get Frank, we get his father, and we get his brother, right? Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah. So um, we have, and I, and I'll let me know if I get into spoilers, but I'll try to stay away. Um, the dad, I feel like, is probably my most uh, frequent view. Of men, sure, more than likely, um, and then you have the brother, which was interesting because he he reflected some of the same traits as the dad in certain portions, but you're also surprised by him, and I think it's quite possible that maybe some of my views of men, I am seeing the brother as somebody who's just like the dad, but there's probably times when he, you know, men can surprise me. Mm-hmm. It's just if they're brave enough to do so. And do you agree Frank is an awesome character? Oh, Frank? Yeah. I-, I wish I had Frank in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. He is <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. If, we're, if we're talking about Frank, I mean, he's lovely. He I, is lovely. I kind. Yeah. Just I love everything about him. And then, of course, the other male figure, Wally. Oh. Who, who I feel like Sean is similar to. <laughs> Oh, very much so. I feel like Shama's a bit more hot-headed than this yes, character. Yes, he is a little but, hot-headed. <laughs> but yes, I love Wally. I love Wally so much. Um, I love their banter. Mm-hmm. I love their sarcastic love. Yeah. It's it, yeah. really great. Oh, your bacon smells like death. Yeah? It's like me. <laughs> Delicious <know>? death. Like, <laughs> like the, 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 yeah. the, when she said, when she asked him, oh, you smell good. Do you, do you do you guys always smell good? So I wasn't sure like she, she oh, talking yes. about gays or talking about Arabs, yes. you know? Because like people always tell uh-huh. me like I smell good, you know? So I don't know. Uh-huh. She was talking about both. <laughs> yeah, and, and Frank is really I, I understand this is a period 
this is like a period piece. Yeah, 73. Yeah. But I, it doesn't feel that way. I feel like it we're doesn't. in the same and, place. And, and I feel like there's a there's a there's something they're trying to say there about like this is set in 1973, but really it's not that different it, than the way things are now. You know, they're extremely conservative people that have extremely ignorant views about, you know, the LBG, LBGTQ community. And uh and it's it's views that are not just they're not to root them purely in ignorance, I feel would be to do a lot of people an injustice because I feel like these things that are just wrong and hateful, they're all rooted in a very deep fear and getting out of that fear, getting out of ignorance is easy. You know, you just have to learn, (laughs) but getting out of fear that's that's nearly impossible, yeah. and it's so difficult to do, which is why I feel like we're in the same place that we As, are. Especially when that fear is rooted in religion. Religion. And which this film is yeah. so it's, – it, 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 it's, it's not heavy-handed. I feel like it's so accurate, but like it, it, rely, it, it has a lot to do with religion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and religious views in America and the South specifically um, – yeah, it's it's very interesting how they address um, that. Yeah, me too. I will join my voice to yours. Um, everything you you guys mentioned is true. Like the religion, the conservative family, the South, mm-hmm. and Alan Ball being I, I think it's not autobiography, but this being part of his life, being a gay that didn't come out to his family yeah. that early, being from from Georgia, from from uh, from the suburbs. Like, uh, these things affected part of his life. His insisting that, like the that Wally's character is from Saudi Arabia, probably had something for, to for, happen to him in the past. You know, all these things that he experienced in his life, he tried to portray it here and make Uncle Frank away from his character. But at the same time, with the same circumstances that happened to him, which which was so smart. I really really yeah, enjoyed yeah. this film. I, I really do like the choices of characters in this. I think they're really well thought out, and I really I really like them. Um, so I expressed some of my concerns with the script, um, you know, which ultimately is a reflection on the direction. Um, and you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you see it, um, I mean, it's also by ball, right? So he's, he's a writer and director. The, the, so it, it all comes back, it all comes back on him. Um, you know, there's that, that big thing that's like the director, you know, often gets either too much credit or all of the blame, um, and in this case, it's it's even more so, unfortunately, because he did both. Um, he did, he wrote, he directed. Um, the only thing I want to add, and I know I'm 100. I know this is nitpicking, and a lot of people will not notice it until I point it out. Um, you know, there's a lot of it's it, it, it. Part of the movie is a road trip, and we get those scenes on the road, and we get a two shot through the windshield back at the people that are like in the car and it like you i can see that the car is in the middle of the road (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's probably being i'm confident it's being hauled by a truck right with the camera on the truck so that we can get the shot they don't actually have to drive they can just do their scenes and i'm guessing the roads were pretty narrow and they had to drive in the middle or they felt safer in the middle of the road but like Man, I cannot stand that I can see that I can see the the yellow lines in the middle of the road 
in the middle of the car yeah, <laughs> as annoying. I'm looking backwards. Oh my god! It annoyed the heck out of me. Especially like so on the big bad. screen, like when I saw it like on the big screen at yeah. Best Nine One Nine. That was my reaction. Yeah. You know, the second time when I saw it on TV, maybe because I knew, but it on the big screen it was so annoying. So yeah, on the big screen, definitely much, much, much more noticeable. So, yeah, I saw it at home as well. Um, and then the other, the other very small thing. There's this little scene uh, uh, that I'm sure you guys will remember. Beth and Wally, they're running and they do like a little hop over like this gate, oh. this very low pole gate thing that's to keep cars out. And they both like hop over it and they hop over it at the exact same time. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> Every time I see that moment. I wish one of them had run around it because they could. That was an option. Yes, but they both true. like and they were near they the both run in unison. Yeah. yeah, they both run in unison, and it's like it's it's like a music video almost. Like, do, 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 do. And they're like <laughs> they like hop over, them, and it drives me insane. Again, I am aware that that's a ridiculous thing that uh, that I'm nitpicking on, but like it, it's it, I have to point it out because it's there. Yeah, well, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you you are correct, especially when you pointed out out to it like it's oh my god, yeah, it makes sense that, that it shouldn't have been done that way. But Alan Ball proved his talent as a screenwriter. You know, he's Oscar winner, of course, for American Beauty. But here in his second directorial feature, the film suffered from what I call the writer director syndrome. You know, I always have this skeptical thing about a movie written and directed by the same person which sometimes happens to most of the talented screenwriters when they decide to direct their own words and stories. Occasionally, a writer needs someone to say no to one of his scenes or another on, on paper or, or vice versa, you know, like, uh, or at least like have a discussion. Or, or a director needs a producer or writer to say, uh, we can do it in a different way. I suggest a different way of execution. Or that's not how I pictured the story when I was writing it. Like, especially here in the third act or maybe the second half of the movie, it struggled from some quick wrap-ups to the stories while some scenes lacked the needed pacing. But but all my complaints, all the aforementioned notes, like I said, are, are forgivable in the overall final product delivered to us. You know, like, yes, it's there yeah. when we are dissecting them one by one. Yes, they are there. But overall, it's forgivable. I tend to lean towards writer-director films tend to be stronger. But the problem is that, like, you know, writer-directors, I mean, everyone really in the film industry, the film industry is extremely collaborative. Yeah. And if you're not collaborative, you're going to struggle. You know, Martin Scorsese is a legend. And this guy, no one, no one dares to say no to him, and someone should. Because... His films are entirely too long, and they don't need to be so long. <laughs> like it is oh, absurd. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> how long and boring the Irishman is, and there is no reason for it to be as long as it is. I do but agree. No one's, no yeah. one's going to tell him to cut it, and he's not even the writer. You know, so it's it. it but it's not a. It's not just a writer director thing, but writer directors. You know, you, you everybody, you have to listen. You have to have people in your core that you trust enough to ask for advice, to read your stuff, to tell you, you know, uh, there's that it's a, it's a legendary story of, of Game of Thrones, you know, still considered uh, probably the greatest series of all time. The pilot episode was screened by a bunch of writers 
and filmmakers in the industry way before it came out. And apparently it was abysmal. It is. And they got a lot of notes back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and fixed it and then made it the greatest show of all time. You know? So (laughs) everyone has to take notes and know when they need to edit, when they need to cut, when they need to add. Yeah. And that's why I'm all skeptical about it. That's what Tim Gunn says. You got to know when to edit. You got to know when. uh, Tim Gunn knows, man. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I really, it, it also annoys me like when it's a screenwriter, director, and producer for the film. And sometimes the editor, yeah. you know, like you need somebody else. Oh, to no, no, no. As, as soon as they edit, as soon as they turn into editor, it, I, I, I shut off. I, I Or cinematographer, I shut off pretty, pretty immediately, which brings me into cinematography. You know, I love the cinematography in this film for the most part. Um, I, I, I just love how well it's executed and how they manage to capture the characters' mannerisms beautifully, as well as like the nuances in the performances. Um, mainly, I, I love the understanding and the respect for the rules of cinematography. Exactly, which I feel they did really well here. Yeah, like I remember turning to you guys and being like, "Wow, they like the frame that the framing is really good." Uh, the blocking is really good, and they're able to just get us through the scene in a way that you know could they they easily could have you know confused us with where the characters are um, in respect to where the camera is, and they never did. And I really, really, really respect that. Uh, me too. The, as you said, the, the respect for the rules of cinematography and the rules like mainly what angle, when, how do we need it or not? Lighting colors. Um, um, so do we need to add extra color grades afterwards? All these things, when they have it in mind from the beginning, when when they know what they are shooting, it really helps and shows the talent and shows the effort exerted there. The colors of this movie were beautifully depicted, beautifully portrayed from these angles they were doing. The vivid colors of the 70s themes in New York and at Frank's apartment were perfectly shot in these close-ups. Like we know that the apartment is so small and we can see it from, from, from the zoom out, but the close-ups makes things look as we want them to see it. Like he, he lives in a small apartment, but he, he loves it. You know, that's where he finds himself. The, the fall colors, uh, on the road to South Carolina, the browns and the beiges while with the increasing of the way while driving down and meeting the family, especially for the second time in the film with more wider shots showing them the insecure personality, the, the 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 fear from what's from what's coming. It was like slowly increasing. Yes, yes, and to to have more wider shots, especially going through the lake scenes, like continue to prove oh, an yeah. outstanding performance. Like it really helped Paul Bettany's character seeing his his buddy walking through these wide angles with perfect grades of colors from the from the um, uh, from the sun from the sky from the reflection on the water it was a perfect sequence at that part and this will lead me to talk about Paul Bettany's performance throughout the film how calm so good wise clear and lovable voice you know we all love his voice from vision and from before that you know but here it's this wisdom in the voice itself it's so lovable it added more depth in understanding the personality and the inner peace of frank you know how how Mm -hmm. um 
how he he's traumatized. He has a lot in his background. He's trying to escape it. Paul Bettany at his finest on-screen performance for me, gripping all characteristics of the of the 60s, the modern New York college professor coming from the South. Um, his it was it was really good. Also, like Sophia Lillis' performance, um, being the niece here, being the narrator of the film, added this warm feeling of home, care, and love, and understanding personality, like the opening the new modern way of, of somebody born in the late 50s, early 60s, and how they are shaping the future, because they, they are the people now that allowed lots of things to happen. And that, that was her generation. You know, like she she was a helpful generation in, in how lots of people came out. Um, the young college student coming from a conservative family, willing to explore her future, getting involved with her uncle's secret and understanding his situation. She was wonderful. Like after seeing her in, in, in Sharp Objects, I, I believe that she will do more uh, in the next movies, you know. Yeah, she's really good. And I want to mention, you mentioned you know, her voiceover and, um, and her being the narrator of the film, which, you know, for example, like we just, we just uh, talked about Hillbilly Elegy and I had my complaints about that voiceover. My complaints about this one is I actually think we needed more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we needed to hear her voice more walking us through her thought process, walking us through, you know, uncle Frank and what she knows of him. You know, just getting us like, even on the road trip, like getting to hear a little bit more, I wanted more of that voiceover because I feel like that voiceover is actually really needed. And I feel like it actually helps the film a lot, but I wanted more. And and, and it actually does a disservice to itself that it doesn't give us more voiceover. Exactly. I, I agree with you. Also, I completely agree with you on Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany as Uncle Frank is so good. Like I, like I've always thought he's a great actor. But I love him in this movie um, because of just the way he, he exemplifies his character. You know? Yeah, and I don't even think that I I critiqued his acting at all. I just felt like the girl in this film talking to him. Yeah. Like how she felt about him is how I felt about it. Yeah. Paul Bettany, you know, talking to Alan Ball about the script, you know, revealed that like this was very close to him because uh, his, his experience with his own father mm-hmm. who ended up coming out later in life. And- and it, it, like I can only imagine, like how great it must have been for him to play this role, how important it was for him. So, yeah, that's that, that's really good. It's a great cast, and it makes me want more from him. Why I want to see him in more acting, big acting roles. Yes, I enjoy him as Vision, but I need to see more of of that strong actor. I'm actually okay with getting less Vision <laughs> and more stuff like Uncle Frank. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, but I mean, like, if the if if he he succeeded in Vision and and he's doing a, a very nice, lovable, charming role in in One Division, another take on uh, on Vision and in, in, in this show. But we need more of this serious Oscar-worthy performance. Another another good performance in this movie was Margot Martindale. She's playing this peaceful, complacent mother that cares but doesn't say much, you know. She's a typical, unfortunately, 60s wife that adheres to, to, the, to the husband, to the dad, to the patriarch's rules and decision, which thankfully is not the case now in our modern world because I always want women to, to talk, to speak, to put their, their, their decisions. They are uh, half of the community, half of the family. 
they have to be there in everything. That's how I'm raising my girls to always talk and share their thoughts. Never let somebody control their thoughts. Always listen and discuss. But here, um, she she had lovely moments with her son after the death of, of the father. It's not a spoiler because we don't know it from the synopsis. And which shows how she cares, but like she was afraid to say. Another good um, relief, it wasn't comedy, but it was comedic. Like it was really, like had some smiles on our faces from Judy Greer's character. You know, like, yeah. when she said like Mazel Tov and she said like Mazel Tov, you know, like <laughs> that was really, really funny on the dinner scene. She... She 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 added lots of she's a great actor as well actress as well. Um, the typical obedient son, as Desiree said earlier about Steve Zahn's character, he obeys his dad. He's another resemblance of the dad's control, but we see him acting differently after the dad's death, which is true because he's he's he can understand, but at the same time he doesn't want to confront. And the, and that's the difference between him and and his brother and as Frank as Frank. Another yeah, I love I, I love Steve Zahn. Yeah, he's, um, he's really Steve Zahn. I've always loved Steve Zahn. I wish I I, I want to get more of Steve Zahn. Um, and he's fantastic in yeah. this. The the scene at the wake between him and that's him my and Paul. favorite yes. scene. Yes. yes, it's it's so lovely. Mm-hmm. Like it really is such a lovely moment, and he delivers. I feel like those that minute of performance from him, I feel like is amongst it the best of his career. Yeah. yeah. But I already knew he was a great actor. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Daddy Daycare? Yeah. yeah he's, he's great. great. Yeah. 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 And I love him in Joyride, which you haven't seen and you need to see. Oh, okay. Me neither. Um, Me neither. Yeah. Also, Judy Greer, I love her. Like, she's so lovable yeah. and she is perfect for the character that she plays in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then as far as Margot Martindale, I love her in everything. I think she plays a great, tough mama, you know, um, and I think she also can play like like she plays in uh in one of my favorite movie Instant Family. She plays like that great, fun loving grandmother. grandmother. Um, she plays that phenomenal. It, it, this is not her best performance because I feel like she really struggled in the more emotional scenes, mm-hmm. and so that always took me out of it. Um, but in everything else, like she just she really plays a great, you know, strong figure. And I love seeing her. And I think she's so much fun. And she, I feel like she's so accurate <laughs> to like she those is. kind of characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the casting in this film is really, really outstanding. Every, every single one, even Aunt Butch's character, like their aunt and like how she, she's real. She's authentic. She's genuine. And she nailed the role as well. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in the movie is delivered to her. Uh, so I, I, I like her and I like the role that I, I like the, the place she fills in this movie, mm-hmm. which is, it's a very small role, but it, it fills something that we need to see. You know, it's, it's a character that we need to have represented in this kind of film. Um, you know, overall, like this, this film is a beautiful film about family, truth, religion, ignorance, guilt and ultimately love um it it says something beautiful about the world you know that that hatred will not be allowed to prevail no matter who it comes from it also comments on the differences between culture even when addressing something as global as homosexuality shama you are a muslim man yourself uh as wally is in the movie 
What did you think of Walid? You know, Walid from Saudi Arabia. Uh, was he depicted well in your opinion? And 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 do you feel that his representation of his you know of that culture was accurate? It was it was accurate, like at like almost ninety percent. Um, Wally, like the the Peter McDesey from his his origins are from Lebanon, so um, he wasn't like that religious, uh, the, the same way like the the Saudi Arabians at that time, or or now, you know. But um, there was only like one scene when he was praying. It it, it shows that like he doesn't know how to like something was was wrong, but. Uh, just because of practice, you know, but everything, especially his conversation with his mom in Arabic was phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Yes. Phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Shama, I kept thinking of you and I kept thinking of your family during that conversation. Yes, yeah. It was, it's so touching home to my heart, to my mom. <laughs> and like, like this, this, I call it like, it's like sweet sassiness. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, you woke me up. Well, now I'm awake. Wait, I love you so much. Like, yeah. like and she's like, it's four in the morning. Is everything? Is He's everything like, no, it's, it's fine. I just love you. Yes. It's exactly <laughs> us, you know. And and we have that business, we, the way of showing like, oh, we are tough. But sometimes when we get like so lean and loose yeah. and we need like immediate support, it, he did it perfectly. He and apparently it. she has like a parakeet or something because she's like, you woke up the bird. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to have to hear the bird. No, that, that scene is so touching and so fantastic. And uh, Wally's character is one of the best of the movie. Um, I, I, I love, I love uh, the, the way his character is portrayed. And, uh, and yeah, I really, I really feel like that, there's a depth there, right? Oh yeah. To it's, it's a general we're dealing, yeah. yeah, we're dealing with like not just you know because it could have been easy to make you know the lover um, a another white guy, you know, for example, and it's just like oh well, I told my family you should tell yours, you know, or like we're both struggling with telling our families, and so this kind of brings us closer, and so like in this respect, like. No, like he decided. No, we're gonna we're gonna add the element of like cultural and religious differences, you know. And I feel like they do a great job acknowledging that, like, yes, neither one of you have told your families, but like it it's it feels much more acceptable from one, right? Um, and, and right or wrong, like it does, and I feel like they do a good job of addressing that. And it's in kind of explaining why there's that difference there, right? And 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 there's parts of it that they do it in like this like funny banter between each other. But you know, like Wally references like, oh, well, I'll be beheaded, you know. Exactly, <laughs> but, because it's, it's, it's true. He but cannot, like, you know? I just love that element. I love that they added that into the film to just add this this level of depth, you know. Um, and then I know we addressed it a little bit. But, you know, is there anything else like how you felt, especially you, Dre, um, you too, Shama, uh, uh, how you felt religion was represented here, you know, and how and, and the context of like using scripture to put people down? That's definitely was true. It 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 it, yeah. it is correct. It it happens. Um, lots of people, you know, like I don't, Shama. I don't know your scriptures, but I'm very interested in this. So, because I never really questioned, as far as um, I'm going to just be honest, the Bible here. 
as much as I do now in how it was translated. Because I am learning that a lot of the words that Christianity uses to condemn homosexuality is not correct in its context. Um, I don't know what scriptures, like, because those are the scriptures that I know of that Christians are like, the fear of going to hell, the the fear of being condemned, the fear of associating with somebody who is living in sin. All of those scriptures I'm learning are are poorly taught. I'm waiting for a movie to address that. I mean, let's yeah. let's stop skimming across the the surface here. <laughs> let's get let's get deep. Let's get radical. Um Radical in the sense of like, let's stop hiding the truth. Uh, stop blindly listening. And it accurately depicts people of religion. But instead of the whole, just that little moment of, um, you know, the him talking to the grandmother, I wish we, I'm ready to address, I'm ready to address more. Like, not just being okay with the way things are being interpreted and like, oh, that's just them. That is as much as they can do, you know. I'm ready for a, I'm ready for a movie to get deep. TikTok's there, man. TikTok. <laughs> no, uh, movies are stronger than TikToks. That that will last forever, and that's what we need. <laughs> In movies about like, yeah, unfortunately, like the, the stories are a lot about that. And um, as you said, like the scriptures, almost like similar from what uh, the Bible and the Quran about Sodom and uh, Gomorrah and uh, the prophet Lut. Uh, village mm-hmm. and, and all these yep. things and uh but that's like that needs time hours and hours of, of conversation and talks about it um yeah yeah i is it similar so like the way america south is here right and i know it's in, in like saying like uh, the way he was talking about saudi arabia i don't know how it is now in modern day but like in the 773 uh and by modern i mean present day uh and 73 you know, he's talking about being beheaded. I don't know if it's like that now, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, is it the same way, like the way the hatred is represented here by some of the characters? Yes. Is it yes. like that there? Yes. It's abomination. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, people will, will will never accept it in a way or like like in the south uh, here and how conservative the families are and multiplied by one hundred. You know, like uh, and more multiplied by one hundred. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. Yeah, that is. It's multiplied by one hundred, depending on which state and yeah. city you are in the U.S. <laughs> so then you still you have to lose our followers in Alabama. There. <laughs> oh gosh, all those followers in Alabama. Uh, <laughs> so as we wrap up here, um, I feel like we had a great conversation. You know, overall, this is a a fun watch with a great message. It also has a great punch to the gut. I didn't see coming. Uh, no spoilers, but they like they could have gone the cliche route with this one, and and, and yeah, I, I, I'm trying to skirt around it, but like you know, they really they surprised the hell out of me. I don't know about you guys, I think they yeah. surprised the hell out of you guys, um, because they decided to go to a route that's like accurate and realistic, even though it is painful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Me too. I mean, we can't really talk about I it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It's a it's an awesome movie. I think everybody needs to watch it, um, and uh, especially if you have conser- if you're conservative, if you have conservative family members, like I feel like, hey, let's have a movie night tonight, and like it might start some conversation. But I think it's I think it's such a great movie. I think it's so much fun. The first half of the film is is nothing. But, I don't think they're going to be able to get 
past the first half of the film, to be frank. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Frank. Oh, wow. Ew. That's so... <laughs> okay, it reminds me of Lily, you know? Like, that's what she does now. <laughs> she does puns? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, any closing thoughts? Go see it. Um, be open-minded. If there's something you need to be open-minded about, uh, there's nothing wrong with love. <laughs> embrace love and uh challenge challenge upbringing challenge what you've learned um and accept, you might be surprised at what you find accept the others even if you disagree even if you're religiously or 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 conservative or even if your beliefs know that accept the other open your minds don't be aggressive don't be barbaric just like listen to the others accept them as they are that's like my Don't be barbaric. I actually really like that word. I think that is the message of yes. this film. Is, don't be barbaric. Listen, guys, just don't be barbaric. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm honest, you know. And as filmmaker, no, it's an enjoyable film. It's a lovable film. A Oscar-worthy performance uh, from Paul Bettany. Um, great, great time to be enjoyed. Uh, go watch it. Enjoy the film. Boom, boom. Let's get into them report cards. Shama, where you at? I'm at 7.5. All right, drink. Yeah, I'm there too. 7.5. I am at a 7. So that brings our cumulative report card to 7.33. That second half of the film really hurts the film for me. Um, but over a 7.33 feels fair. Um, Again, guys, we already said it. Go watch it. It's a lot of fun. And that's all we got for you today with Uncle Frank. Everyone, please make sure um, if you got a second, 10 seconds, actually, uh, please go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review that helps people find us, helps us climb the charts, and and also helps us just get better and better. Um, also, make sure you go check out the website for any and all new content and reportpod.com. Uh, we got lots of good stuff on there, lots of rain content. So check it out. We, we've covered and we've covered film festivals and uh, written reviews, talk about trailers that are releasing. Um, the latest news, all the good stuff. You guys can check it out at mreportpod.com. Guys, where can people find you? You can find me at Ezerphoto. That's E-Z-E-R on Instagram. And you can find me at Mohamed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at the Raul Nevado on Twitter, on Instagram. And you can find us at mreportfilm on Twitter, Instagram, Minorities Report Film on Facebook. A- be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours. Minorities Report. Peace.